Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Hold. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Our bodies always want to heal ourselves. And so, you know, when we give our bodies what they need and the tools that they need, like the healing that can happen is just miraculous. It really is. And that belief right there, I mean, that's a radical belief. Like for, <laughs> for most people, like that's a radical belief. And in all the emotional trauma-informed work that I do, what I know is that when illness presents itself in the body, that's almost like the final way that the body has to communicate with us. It's sort mm-hmm. of like the, the last resort in its communication. And if you follow right. this thread, like all the way back to the beginning, you can see these whispers these messages, this conversation that was happening inside the body all along, like little Mm. warning signs that were saying, hey, something's out of sync here. Hey, something's out of balance here. Hey, pay attention to me. I need something. Today on the show, I am so honored to have Mary Hyatt. Mary is a trained love-centered mindset coach, kundalini yoga instructor, meditation and breathwork instructor, level two Reiki practitioner, the list goes on y'all, conversational hypnotherapist and a top leader with doTERRA essential oils and a board certified holistic health practitioner of mind, body, spirit release. If that sounds like a lot, it's because it is. Mary is going to talk to us today about embodying our bodies Y'all, I'm not going to lie to you. This is really, really new stuff for me. And so I was really in the learner's seat during this conversation. So I hope that you learn just as much as I did. Every single time Mary talked about something new, I learned something new. So here's to really listening to our bodies and working through our emotions. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Mary. We are so, so excited to have you. Hey, girl. Hey, I'm so excited (laughs) for this. Yay. Well, first, could you just briefly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So as you said, Mary Hyatt, and I am a life and business coach, and I really focus in on female entrepreneurs who are kind of at this place that are really burnt out, Mm -hmm. exhausted, feeling like hey, there's got to be more to life. And most often when people find me and want to work with me, they're very disconnected from Mm. their emotions, from their bodies, from just sort of that holistic way of looking at themselves. And they sort of know one way of being, which is go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And they're successful, but their lives are unfulfilling. And so I take a real holistic approach to all the work that I do. I love like actual holistic essential oils yes. and alternative medicine and all of that kind of stuff. But also, I mean that broader in the sense of like 
how can we take into account the whole person, their physical body, their mental body, their emotional body, their energetic body, and really help clients come back into just more balance between all of those and learn how to trust themselves again, learn how to partner with their bodies again and find that internal wisdom. And so it's a real beautiful journey that I get to be on with my clients. So that's kind of my primary thing. I also have a podcast um, and do workshops and retreats and things like that. But my, my main gig is coaching. Yes. I was like, yes. And amening that whole time. (laughs) I just am here for all of those things. So clearly we've got a lot to talk about today, but before we dive into like all the work that you just described that you're doing now, I'd love to start actually looking back at where you've been. So let's go back to eight plus years ago. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the struggle that you found yourself in. Yeah. I just took like a you know, kind know. Of deep breath and if like, you okay, want to opt out, you can say <laughs> no, no, thank oh you. Oh my God. No, no, no. It's, it's like kind of that, that was too dramatic of a, of a reaction because I really, since doing a lot of this internal work have just fallen in love with that version of myself. Mm. I kind of think of that person as like the 1.0 version and she got me to this point. Mm. And if you were to rewind the clock, like eight years ago, even, you know, longer than that, probably 10 years ago, 11 years ago, you would meet a really different person. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that anybody listening can identify with this feeling of being like, okay, I am suffering. I am hurting. And for me, that looked like I was dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. I had autoimmune stuff going Mm -hmm. on. I had endometriosis. I was just in a lot of physical pain every single month. And I had experienced a lot of trauma. And what I didn't know then what I know now is that there was this link between all the stuff that I had gone through emotionally Mm -hmm. was really starting to show up as symptoms within my body. And so I was just in like physical pain, emotional pain, just honestly wanted to check out of life. Like I was numbing every which way I could numb with food, with alcohol, with prescription medicine. Like I was checked out of life. And this was, I really started in my early twenties And I was married. My marriage was just numb. Like there was not intimacy or connection. And so I felt really alone. I mean, I felt really isolated internally. So I think there comes a point in anybody's journey where you can only do that for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, okay, either I'm done and I'm like considering taking my own life, which was very much a part of my Mm -hmm. story or I'm going to have to find a way to fight for life and Mm. fight for light and like go, Hey, wait a second. There there's got to be more somewhere out there. I don't know how to get to it. I Mm. don't know what that looks like, but I think I had that little spark of belief that maybe it could be different than Mm. how it was. And thank God I had like enough of a little inkling enough of a little spark that took me on this mini multi-year journey of self-discovery and healing, which ultimately led me to my career. But it was a really, honestly, like I get into more depth and when I, you know, speak and Mm -hmm. things like that, but it was a really dark season and thank God it didn't end there. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God you're here. And thank God that you are able to use the skills that you learned and to help other women in in similar places. That's so amazing. Yeah. So you just shared your story that very much involved your physical body, right? Like that was a large piece of it. So 
How did you make peace with your body and practice yeah. radical self-love? Like you were in a really hard spot, but you yeah. chose yourself. You kept, right. kept taking one step after the, the other. Yeah. And here you are now. So how did you do that? But I really want you to talk about your body, you know, yeah. physically. <laughs> totally. Well, it's one of those things where I wish I could be like, follow these five steps. Of course. And you will have these results. Right. You know? Like I wish it was that simple. And I think anybody who's done this work for some time knows it's messy. You know, yes. like it was a lot of starting and stopping and a lot of tears and therapy and coaches and you know, all the different things mm-hmm. because it's it's multifaceted. Right. And I think when I started, the concept of making peace with my body was very foreign to me. Like Mm -hmm. for as long as I could remember, my body was my enemy. Mm -hmm. I hated her so much. I abused her. I didn't listen to her. I stuffed her, you know, I was, um, very much an emotional eater and, and I don't want to say that that's always a bad thing. You Mm -hmm. know, some, for me, it was a useful tool that I had at the time without having conscious awareness of what else to do. But I was using it to stuff my emotions. And so that wasn't honoring of my body. It wasn't nurturing her. It wasn't taking care of her. So I really saw my body and myself at odds. Like it was like, okay, you're trying to take me down and screw you. And so I just spoke so hateful Mm -hmm. to her. I mean, it was like every day I would have this laundry list of self-criticism and the fact that she was sick, the fact that she was in physical pain to me was proof that she was trying to take me down. And so I blamed her, you know, it was like, how dare you, you know, I want to, I want to be happy and here you are sick and in pain Mm -hmm. and asleep at the job. Yes. Now I didn't know that that was a byproduct Mm -hmm. of what was going on internally for me. So I think kind of in a way, the first step to making peace was going, my body is actually my ally. Mm -hmm. It is actually on my team, even though right now I can't understand why she's in pain or why she's, you know, showing these symptoms. I had to kind of come to grips with the fact that like, if I'm going to learn how to radically love her, I have to first accept her. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like, love was way too far of a jump for me at the time, (laughs) you know, like I didn't love her, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I'm willing to see this as a partnership and maybe that will turn into love one day. But I think it started from that point of being like, okay, she's not my enemy. She's my ally. Let's start there. That's so good. And being in this like paleo food space that I'm in, you know, I see a lot of autoimmunity, people coming to the paleo diet because they have an autoimmune condition. And I think that that's a really challenging piece of autoimmunity is like this body that I love is attacking me. (laughs) It's not attacking anyone else. My body is attacking me and I don't, Mm. and I don't have control over that. So I think that that's a really hard kind of mental battle and game to play. But I think another thing that you were kind of touching on is just our bodies really are our allies because they always want to heal. Our bodies always want to heal ourselves. And so, you know, when we give our bodies what they need and the tools that they need, like the healing that can happen it's just miraculous. It really is. And that, I mean, honestly, 
that belief right there. I mean, that's a radical belief. <laughs> like for, for most people, like that's a radical belief. And in all the emotional trauma informed work that I do, what I know is that when illness presents itself in the body, that's almost like the final way that the body has to communicate with us. Hmm. It's sort of like the, the last resort in its communication. Right. And if you follow this thread, like all the way back to the beginning, you can see these whispers, these messages, this conversation that was happening inside the body all along, hmm. like little warning signs that were saying, hey, something's out of sync here. Hey, something's out of balance here. Hey, pay attention to me. I need something. But because as a society, we aren't taught how to go within the body. Right. We're taught how to disassociate from the body. Oftentimes we're unaware and unconscious of those messaging pathways that come forward. Hmm. We don't know how to hear those voices. We aren't sensitive to the sensations in our body because most of us are like numb from the shoulders down. Yes. I mean, it's, Seriously. Know, it's like we've got very overactive brains, right. but from the shoulders down, we're like, checked out. And so a lot is happening from the shoulders down. A lot is being communicated, but to me, dis-ease or disease, dis-ease is really the body's like last way of saying, Hey, I'm screaming now. Mm -hmm. You haven't paid attention to me and not in a blaming, shaming way, but like almost like (laughs) I need something here and I need it now. And so I think that like in our body's incredible wisdom, always wanting to heal itself, I think that's amazing. Like when we get to the point where we have autoimmune disease, when we, when we're in that kind of imbalance, to me, the body is saying something is off and I'm going to do whatever I can to try to right this wrong. Mm -hmm. But the signals, like the wiring has gotten confused, but it's still a way that the body is still trying to help us still trying to heal us. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've got to shift our input and really address like, okay, where did this come from in the first place? What's the root really? this. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because we talk a lot on the podcast about root cause medicine. So, and a lot of times, even in an Eastern way, you know, a holistic way, it's still about physical things like you're low in iodine, you know, you're low in selenium, whatever it is. And so it's really interesting because I have not done a deep dive into this type of work. And so it's like, there are even more roots. (laughs) There are even so like energetically, like you're saying. And so I think that's cool. And taking a whole holistic approach, you know, doing the blood work, you know, learning some physical things, but additionally working through the emotions, practicing listening to your body. There's just so many, let's call them opportunities for healing and so many different avenues. And so I think that's a really great point. So you had to learn to trust yourself, uh, you know, trust your body and you're, you were mentioning like really the language of your body and, And, and listening to that. So for someone like me, who this is like kind of a new concept, how does that like tangibly present itself to you? What kinds of things have you awoken to listening to the messages from your body? Yeah. First of all, I like to geek out wanting to talk about <laughs> yeah. this. And I love that you're like, okay, this is like new for yeah. me. Like, oh my gosh, there's knowing you, you're going to have so oh, much I'm gonna love like, it. fun with this, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so to me, there are... Well, let me just back up. Our body has its own language and it's not in the form of oftentimes like the alphabet, you know, like for (laughs) for our mental brains, you know, our language are our thoughts Mm -hmm. for our emotional body and our energetic body. Kind of what I think about as like 
the inside, from the inside out, that language is, it's a subtle language and it's spoken through sensations. Mm -hmm. So when I think about sensations, there are our five senses, right? So we have smell, sight, touch, taste, hearing, right? Oh yeah. You said touch. You said touch. Touch, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can sense things. It's like, oh, if I touch a uh, pan, that information that's going into my finger that that's hot is a sensation mm-hmm. that sends information up to my brain that says, hey, remove your hand right. from the stove. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a sensation that we're having. But there's also an internal felt sense. And this is more like when I talk about the language of our body, this is kind of what we're getting into. So an internal felt sense would be something like, imagine when you're feeling anxious, mm-hmm. Notice how that feels in the body. So maybe your heart feels like it's fluttering. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a pit in your stomach. Maybe it feels like there's an elephant on your chest. Maybe there are kind of like waves of heat that happen inside of the body. And then moments of coolness could feel dizzy. It could feel energetic, pulsating, vibrating. These are all internal felt senses that are more energetic in nature. Like if I were to say, oh, I have a broken heart. We all know what we mean when we say, oh, my heart got broken. We don't mean that something physically happened to like the pericardium and the valves and the physical heart itself. What we mean is the like energetic space of that heart area that represents love, that represents connection, that represents intimacy. But how I experience a heartbreak isn't something physical in my body. It's an internal felt sense. Mm -hmm. So with every emotion there is a a sensation component to it. So if I were to experience anger, for example, and anger in Chinese medicine shows up in imbalances in the liver. Okay, Hmm. so there is a body connection, there is an emotional connection, then there is an energetic connection. So inside of the liver, if I have, like if my liver enzymes are high, it's probably a good indicator, according to Chinese medicine, that I've got something going on with some anger. And then if I were to experience anger in my body as a felt sensation, then it's like, okay, there's heat there. There's pulsating. Maybe my heart starts to race, Mm -hmm. blood surges to my face. You know, I just want to scream, right? That would be like, okay, that's anger inside of my body. So that's a way that my body is communicating before I have a thought about, oh, I'm angry at this person. I'm feeling it in my body first. Yep. So it's almost like a little whisper before it translates into a thought and before it even comes out as verbal expression through our voice. So again, that's why I call it subtle because it's like the first, first little inkling, like, Ooh, something's talking to me Mm -hmm. here inside. Now, another way of thinking about the language of our bodies is this idea of our intuition or our gut knowing Mm -hmm. or our inner wisdom. And that to me is sort of like the, communication of the subconscious, that part of ourselves that like already has the answer Mm -hmm. that already knows. It's like, if you go to a doctor and they tell you to do something and there's something inside of you that says, I don't know, I need to get some more answers here. This isn't the whole picture. And I don't really think I want to take this pill yet. Now you're going against a medical doctor who's trained and is supposed to have all the answers, right? right? But there's something inside of you that's going, 
I don't know. I don't know if this is right for me. Mm -hmm. That would be an indication that your intuition is getting a hit. Your inner wisdom, it has something to say about that. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can tune into that language, it's like having more information at our disposal Mm -hmm. to help us make decisions and make choices that are healing for our bodies. So that's kind of like surface level. In a nutshell language of the body. Yeah, no, that's so good too. I mean, I've had experience. So I'm like such a feeler, right? Like I am just feeling all the things all the time. And my husband and I are opposite in every way. And (laughs) so it's just funny because I, I have like, I guess I would say I'm like sort of aware. I wouldn't say I'm like communicating with my body 24 seven, but I'm like sort of aware. And so what will happen to me, which I think is so interesting is let's say I'm like in one space I had a phone call. It was stressful and caused me anxiety. I'll drive home, forget about the phone call, feel my body and think, why am I feeling so anxious? Mm, What was it that made me so anxious and feel this pit in my stomach for me? Mm, And then I'm like, oh yeah, that phone call. (laughs) Like I will even, you know what I mean? Like you, I feel the anxiety without even consciously remembering what caused it for me. Or like when I get really excited, I will feel an actual dopamine rush. Like it actually feels like a waterfall coming over my body and I'm like, yay. And hilariously (laughs) enough, I love sleep. I will get in bed and literally go, like I'm so excited (laughs) to sleep. (laughs) And I feel this like entire rush across my body. So I think that's such, I think that's such great wisdom And I want to ask you, like you're clearly, this is a huge part of your work. You help women get in tune. I guess my question is for what purpose? Like, what do you feel like the benefits are of being more aware of your body, learning this language? What kind of good does it bring us? Well, I think that for most people, they're so disconnected from their bodies that they are even to the point of like, they don't notice that they're thirsty. Oh, wow. Or that they don't notice that they're hungry, you know, and so they skip meals or they don't drink enough water, like little wow. basic things like that, that of course, like <laughs> contribute to our health. Yes. I'm such um, a foodie. I'm like, well, wait, true. people don't eat. <laughs> well, especially like the yes. demographic I work with are just like busy. overworkers, yes. right? So they're just, yeah, they're busy. They're doing all these things. Right. And so their mind is running this show. Mm-hmm. And so they may be in physical pain and not even know it. Wow. And again, this is like, okay, what happens when these little whispers are being ignored, Mm -hmm. they get louder and louder and louder. So people wake up and they go, oh my God, why am I sick? Mm -hmm. Or, oh my gosh, why do I have an autoimmune disease? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how did I get cancer? And we want to explain it away and say, oh, you know, it's in my DNA Mm -hmm. or it's genetic or it's whatever. And there's, there's so many factors, right? Right. Like it's, it's, we can't just say, Oh, it's one thing, right? but a missing component is, okay. The body has been speaking all along. Mm -hmm. So to me, part of the benefit is if we can slow down and number one, become aware in real time of what's going on, we have the opportunity to deal with it as opposed to stuff it. Mm -hmm. And when things get out of whack, it's because we've been stuffing for so long Mm -hmm. and emotions and the energy associated with them, when we don't express them out, when we don't move them through the body as a continuum. So imagine like you get hit with stress Mm -hmm. or anxiety 
and you cut yourself off from dealing with it, it goes into the body Mm -hmm. and it gets stored in our muscles and our tissues and our fascia. So the opposite of way of dealing with that is recognizing our emotions learning how to intelligently process those, move them out and through the body. And then we get to the other side. And so we can kind of like complete the stress continuum as opposed to interrupting it in the middle and then bringing it down into the body. So to me, that's the benefit. It's like, A, mm-hmm. we become more intelligent of the the messages ahead of time right. before it becomes and blows up into this big thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, this is how we heal our bodies. So right. can I give you this story yes, of my own life? Please. So I mentioned earlier that I had endometriosis, mm-hmm. which I've since healed my body from. Look at you go. I know, girl. I so mean, amazing. All, all the good things, yeah. you know. But it was really challenging in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I was on, this was before I was aware of natural medicine, right. but I was taking pain medication right. and anti-nausea medicine. Mm-hmm. I had the surgeries. Mm. They told me I probably wouldn't have children. Yeah. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. And it really, you know, of course, when your hormones are out of right. balance, that affects your mood. That's, oh, gosh. you know, right. Side, side was depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and all the things. So for me, I started, I was taking the medicine. I was doing all the things that my doctors told me to do. Of course, none of it was helping. And it wasn't until I started getting into my body, doing yoga, doing breath work, really learning how to feel my body, how to move my body and kind of not really understanding, but what was going on is I was addressing the trauma Mm -hmm. that was living inside my body that was causing I believe the root of what was this imbalance in my body Mm. is autoimmune endometriosis. So the backstory of that is I was a caretaker of my nephew who was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. He was two years old. This is like, you know, I could get so emotional telling the story, but for the purposes of this, essentially I took care of him for two years and he passed away (sighs) and it was like my baby, you know I mean? He was just, I just loved him so much and was just with him through all these moments. And so I remember in the middle of a meditation one time after this, I was dealing with endometriosis. It hit me like, of course, this imbalance is happening in my womb. I was holding so much trauma and grief inside of my womb from this, you know, connection that we had. And it was like, oh my God, my body was telling me like, this is not a safe place in your body. This is out of balance. Mm -hmm. And so I went to work with really moving into my uterus and doing a lot of emotional work and energetic work to clear that and feel it and cry it out and grieve and all the things that I hadn't allowed myself to feel, you know, I just stuffed it and buried it. So I was like, this is too much. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, swear to you. And I was doing like, you know, I was looking at my diet. Of course I was using essential oils. I was doing supplements. I was doing, you know, after I kind of learned about that, some of that, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I looked at the emotional component that my body, I really believe was able to heal. That is mind blowing. Yeah. So it's like no mistake where things show up in your body. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, we both share the common thread of essential oil. So I feel like I have like my little textbook. And so I know when this happens, I use this oil, stuff like that. How do you like what resources and guides do you use for like my right shoulder hurts? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you make those connections? 
So thankfully now there are so many more books mm. that have fantastic resources. And I'm just like, I'm a geek. Yeah, I love just read it like all. research and you know, totally. So I did a real deep dive because my first connection to this was Chinese medicine. And so this is where every organ in the body is associated with an emotion. So we mm. talked about anger being in the liver. Mm-hmm. The lungs are associated with grief. The kidneys are associated with fear. Wow. Um, and so you can just simply like Google emotions and Chinese medicine sure. or organs and Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to start. Yeah. But if you want to go even further, there's a great book by a woman named Emily Francis, and it's a book called The Body Can Heal Itself. And she literally goes through every single muscle group and explains in depth, like you said, the right shoulder or the left ankle or, you know, the... wow gluteus maximus. And she's she really gets into the science of the muscle structure itself and why certain emotions are stored in those particular parts of the body. And then she walks you through how to release them. So that can be through yoga poses. That could be through essential oils, different meditations, embodiment practices, Mm -hmm. which I love to talk about. There are plenty of resources out there, but I love that as a real, almost like manual and guide. I think the other book that was really helpful for me to understand the mind-body connection was The Body Keeps the Score. Which yes, I've heard of I'm that. Sure everybody talks about it yeah. on the podcast. Uh-huh. But that is a game changer book because he gets into some of the science around it. Sure. And so it's not so like woo-woo, like right. it really gets into, okay, what is actually happening in the brain? Why is this all connected? Why is the body the pathway to ultimate healing, mm-hmm. like partnering with the body? So I would definitely read Either I would get both of those books. Yeah, I'm going to get both of those books. I'm super excited. No, I I don't think you know this. My husband's a physician. And so we talk all the time about, you know, I mean, I personally think first step in medicine is like, let's actually talk about food. What a concept. Yeah. Let's have doctors learn about food. Chaz had no nutrition training in med school. And so like, that's a huge first step. But then also above and beyond that, just like, all of this energy healing. I wish, you know, I hope that before I die, there's a way to marry East and West because it's so, so crucial that we do those things. So you mentioned really feeling your feelings, not storing your feelings in your body, but processing them and working through them. So what does that actually mean? Okay. Great question. (laughs) Because I think we can like, you know, talk about this all day long. Right. Like, tell me how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so there's a difference between talking about your feelings and feeling your feelings. So for example, I could say to you, like, I feel so angry right now. Like, it's really like, I'm really pissed at this person. Mm. They did this to me. I'm really upset about it. That's talking about it. So that's mm. using the cognitive part of our brains, the, the frontal cortex of our brains to explain the thoughts that we're having about something that really is a physical sensation in our body. Mm -hmm. So feeling them would be not using language. So it's kind of like cut off that part and both are important, right? Like speaking our emotions is important, but feeling them is different. So feeling it would be like, okay, how do I know this is anger in my body? So if I could talk about it and I can intellectualize it, but how does it feel in my body? How do I know this is different than being sad? Or how do I know that this is actually anger as opposed to joy or elation, right? Those feel different inside of our bodies and they need to be expressed in different ways to move that energy out of our bodies. So first and foremost, I like to think of emotions as a frequency, as a 
as an energy, right? It's not something tangible that we can hold on to. It's a felt sense inside of ourselves. So to me, I want to take a moment and become aware first and foremost, oh, I'm feeling some anger. And then that's where I drop into the body. So there is this like, pause that has to take place where we in a way lean in Mm -hmm. and we start getting curious with a lot of compassion without judgment like oh I shouldn't be angry angry is a bad emotion Mm -hmm. or oh my god does that mean I'm an angry woman it's like if we can kind of like suspend yeah some of that judgment and go okay I want to get curious what what is this anger you know how does anger feel in my body and that's when I start to notice those sensations and I let myself experience those sensations. So I feel the heat in my body that's coursing through my body. And I can maybe just kind of breathe through it. And if I was doing this in real time with a client, it was like, we would breathe through it and exhale and kind of drop into it more. And then you just kind of feel it until it's like, okay, we don't want it so intense that you just feel like you're going to lose yourself to the emotion, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, okay, I'm opening it up to it enough. And then I want to get curious about where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. where did this stem from? What, what's, what's causing this? And then I want to almost treat emotions as though it were its own person inside of me. Mm-hmm. So if, if there was a little angry person inside of me, I want to have like a quick little dialogue with it and ask that anger, anger, what do you need? Mm-hmm. So every emotion has a need. It's, it's requiring something in order to be soothed to kind of feel like it can calm down and relax or be comforted or nurtured. So to me, it's like, if I'm feeling anger, it's like, Ooh, okay, let me feel this for a second. Let me, let me experience this wave and there's a peak to it. And then it will come down and then I can get curious. Okay. Anger. What, what is it that you need? And it's like, okay, I might need to go on a walk. You know, I might need to like do some heavy cardio to move this out of my body. And this is again, that wisdom, that internal Mm -hmm. wisdom that will give us information. It might be that I need to drink something cool. You know, if we think about anger as a hot, if you go to Ayurvedic medicine, you know, hot, okay. I need to combat that with some, some cool lemon water, for example, Mm -hmm. or I need to go to a kickboxing class and really, you know, get it out. I need to beat a pillow, scream into my pillow, Mm -hmm. right? That's how we then express the emotions, but we first pause to slow down, to get curious, ask it what it needs. And then we can honor that answer and really follow through with what the, whatever the need is. Right. And do you feel like, I feel like everything you just listed was a physical response. Do you feel like most of the time it's like, this needs to be expressed Um, and worked out in like a physical, tangible way? Anger, I would say is the most physical. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're all that physical. Sure. Like I always say, usually the way to process anger is through the physical mm-hmm. body. There's just something very like yes. physical where it's just like, we got to like get it out, grunt it out, work it out, you know, but like grief could be a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, for me, sometimes I need, like, I do a lot of work on my yoga mat mm-hmm. of embodying my emotions. So sometimes it's like, I need to be in the fetal position. Mm-hmm with grief and just give myself space to cry. Or sometimes with grief, it's like, Hey, I need to call my therapist up Yeah. or I need to call my friend up and just like have a safe space where I can talk about it and, mm-hmm. and share and cry through it. Anxiety. Sometimes that can be helpful to work through the body. Sometimes it can be deep breathing right. is what we need to calm our nervous system down. Sometimes it's going and walking with our bare feet in the earth mm-hmm. to ground. So there is kind of a, a emotional uh, or sorry, a physical component to it. 
but it's not always intense because sometimes we need to journal. Right. Sometimes we need to just sit and do a meditation, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, that's where it's like having a host of different tools in your toolbox is great because you can go, okay, which of these tools makes sense for this thing in the moment? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a selfish question because (laughs) um, my, my little girl, Ella, you know, she'll get really angry. Like she's really feisty. And I love that about her. You know, we're like, she's not bossy. She's got leadership skills, you know? Um, (laughs) And so like, I've had a hard time. Like, I love this concept of like, feel your feelings, you know, get it out. But I feel like of all the feelings, like it's, it's easy for me. My son is crying and I'm obviously not going to be like, man up, <laughs> like men don't cry. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I'm like comforting him. It's okay to cry. I feel like the one emotion I've struggled with, with nine for nine years with Ella is anger yeah. because I just can't think of a lot of appropriate options for her to like yeah. really feel it because you know, it's like there's a Daniel Tiger PBS episode that's like stomp three times and you'll feel better or whatever. And it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. some of these things, it's either like not really transferable outside of the home. Mm-hmm. So like you don't always have like right. a pillow to punch at school or whatever. So do you have, I know kids aren't your like general target market, but do you have it's skills? It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> do you have skills that I can teach Ella yeah. for anger? Like how do we process this in an appropriate way and move it through the body? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost for any parent, it's noticing the resistance we have to whatever that is that's showing up in our child. Like notice that resistance in ourselves, right? Right. Like to me, oh my God, children are the most intense and beautiful mirrors yeah. that we oh, could ever man. have. You know? She's so exactly like, like me too. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, first and foremost, that's like highlighting your own discomfort with your own anger. Sure. Right. It's like, I feel uncomfortable with this. I don't know how to process it. Yeah. And so seeing that in her there, it's like, Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> yes. Right. So that, I think we can just acknowledge that because mm-hmm. to me, that's like generational healing when we can start yeah, girl. looking at something. Okay. We'll stuff. book a private call. So, okay. Done, <laughs> done, done. But in, in the form of like actual helpful tools for her. I mean, I think it is really helpful to teach children a to first validate. So I think mm-hmm. the first thing that any parent can mm-hmm. do is to say, I really hear you. I hear that you're angry, like not making whatever the emotion is bad, but first validating Mm -hmm. because as adults, most, most of the clients I work with don't understand how to self validate. Hmm. So they're automatically, when they have an emotion, they're going, I can't feel this. I can't feel this. This is not good. I'm at work. I'm at whatever. And And they start judging and criticizing their emotions. So this is something you can demonstrate. It's like, okay, First and foremost, your anger is safe and okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I hear you, I, you know, Ella, like, I really hear that you're angry right now. Okay. So that would be like an example of validation. Right. If you're in a setting to where she can't stomp it out, she can't do any of that kind of stuff. To me, there's this analogy of putting our emotions on ice. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like is because of how we work as a society, there are going to be appropriate and inappropriate times to express emotions. Mm-hmm. So I like thinking about, okay, I'm going to put my emotions on ice with the agreement that I'm going to come back and address it later. Hmm. Yeah. So it can't be, I'm going to stuff it and then forget about it and never deal with it. Hmm. But that you could make an agreement with her that it's like, Hey, later we're going to, we're going to express this, you know, anger 
but right now, you know, we have to, you know, whatever it is, you know, get through the grocery store and check out or whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and so say, so be thinking about how you want to express this later. Yeah. You know, it's like get them thinking around how they would want to do something later. And that kind of starts shifting them from the sensations in their body. Kids like have no filter, oh, right? Gosh. They actually feel it all. So it's like, okay, we want to kind of flip that into their mind a little bit and get her thinking about it. Now, if you can, and like walk outside mm-hmm. or go back into the car or, you know, kind of like remove yourself from the environment to take a second to express it. Mm-hmm. But I think this idea of like, you could come up with some kind of a code word yeah. or like language around, Hey, we're going to deal with this. And then as a mom really following through, right. That yeah. So like later say, remember when you were angry at, you know, such and such time, Oftentimes we think just because we can distract ourselves from an emotion for a little bit, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the case. Right. It's, like it's still there for all of us. And so delaying the processing of it is as effective as doing it in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's just that we need to hold fast to the agreement. And then, you know, you guys could talk about it when she's not angry. Sure. So that you have like a couple of those tools and maybe she can share like, yeah, I want to hit a pillow mm-hmm. or... I love, I have a tennis racket. Mm -hmm. So when I worked with kids, I have them, you know, lift up the tennis racket and then, you know, hit a pillow Mm -hmm. really, really hard and kind of scream Mm -hmm. when they hit it. Kids freaking love that because it (laughs) makes a real big pop sound. Yeah. I get to scream it out. Right. And it's just really cool to watch a child like go into that really quickly and move it out of their body. And there'll be a moment where it stops Hmm. and you can go, okay. I'm done. Like, like I've, I've, it's all out. I finished. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of validate, make an agreement to process it Mm, a little bit later on. That's so good. And when you said it's like done, it made me remember I've, I've heard of like animals processing energy. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Yeah. And so like dogs will like really shake, like they shake it out. Right. And, or, you know, animals will do different things and it's because they, I, here's the deal. I'm learning recently, Mary, how (laughs) intuitive animals are. In the last month I have learned that cows will choose the, their, the minerals that they need in their body. They know which one to go to. Chickens have parts of their body that they can sprout grains. So they're digestible. Like, I don't know. I just like animals are so awesome, but they can move energy through their body and they actually know I need to like shake off this energy that I have. Like, that's so cool. I think we are as intelligent, if not more than animals, like everything that you just said, I'm like, 100% 100% we can do that as humans. <laughs> I, know, I truly I believe <laughs> we know exactly what our bodies need to heal mm-hmm. from a mineral, supplemental, whatever mm-hmm. standpoint. Like I, I think we are so incredibly wise and can pick that out for ourselves. I believe that first of all, shaking is one of the most powerful things you can do to regulate your nervous system. Right. I do it very regularly. Yeah. Anytime you're like, oh, I just want to shake that off. There's a reason we say that. Yeah. It's intuitively, we know that we don't want that energy to stick to us. Right. And so we can literally shake our arms, shake our legs, shake our whole bodies. And it, yeah. it feels awkward because again, we're not taught to be in our bodies. <laughs> yeah. But the more that we practice this, it's like, I mean, I, I do a shaking practice every single day to regulate my nervous system. And Stop. it is so powerful. How long yeah. do you do it? I would say about three minutes, probably. Okay, cool. And you do kundalini yoga as well. I do. Isn't that the one that also involves shaking? Lots of shaking and kundalini. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Once you understand these 
practices that we haven't had the science to back them up until just recently, mm. all of a sudden it's like, we've had this ancient wisdom, right? A lot of it we've lost in the West, obviously, mm-hmm. thank God, a lot of it still exists in the East. Right. But as we're kind of, you know, round two coming back around to this wisdom, it's so cool now that we have the science to go, okay, if she shakes, what is happening inside of her nervous system? Hmm. What is actually becoming balanced? What is re-regulating? And so now we can hook you know, sensors up to the brain and actually see what that's doing where that used to just be wisdom. Now Mm -hmm. we go, okay, now we can prove why this is beneficial. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, and I'm glad that we can prove it, but there's also this part of me that's like, guys, everything doesn't need a scientific study. I mean, true. (laughs) Well, especially because scientific studies, a lot of the time are to prove that we can put this drug that's going to make money on the market. So then you have the money to fund the study. So you know, unfortunately, yeah. when it comes to a lot of these things, it's like, who's going to fund the shaking study? You know, it's just, right. it's just right. your body just I know. shaking. Um, I know. So it's like, you I, know, we I don't guarantee always... there's somebody studying it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we don't need, we don't, you know, I think there's something to be said, just like we're talking yeah. about of like the wisdom that we have of like, this just makes me feel better. Oh, yeah. so good. Well, I always ask two questions at the end of the show. So I will ask them of you as well. So at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what will a successful life look like to you? I often say that like my motto for life is that I want love to be the defining characteristic of my life. Mm -hmm. And so to me, what would be successful is knowing that I have helped other people increase their ability to connect with and to receive more love. Hmm. Um, and I don't have a number on that. I don't have like a, a physical tangible thing. It's like, I just knowing that there are people that have learned how to come back home to themselves. Like I already feel like my life is successful. If I died today, I would feel mm. so grateful and like it's successful. And to me, the fact that I get a longer life just means that I get to broaden that sense of legacy and help mm. more people. Mm. So to me, it's just anchoring into more love and helping people do the same. Mm, Love it so much. So what is something in your life you feel like you have been specifically intentional about recently? And what's something you'd like to be more intentional about? I would say that the thing that I've been most intentional about recently is this embodiment piece of Mm -hmm. doing it daily. And so that's like taking my body to the yoga mat and feeling and experiencing my emotions. And I do that for about 20 minutes, I would say sometimes 30 minutes a day. And that's part of my meditation routine that Mm -hmm. I do. But part of that is getting in my body. And it is, it's been a game changer, especially after the past two years Mm -hmm. of pandemic. I finally feel like I'm like, I've kind of mentally worked through a lot of it. Now I'm letting my body catch up to processing through all the trauma and the stress. And that's just like, oh, been so healing. The thing that I would like to be more intentional about is community. Mm. I think I've realized like more and more how easy it's become to be more isolated after everything. And I like had this big old cry yesterday and I'm just like, I am lonely. Like Mm -hmm. I am feeling lonely and not that, I mean, I have some really beautiful people in my life, but I was just like, I miss community in Mm -hmm. the way that we had it before. So I think that that's something I want to be more intentional about this year. Yes. I have felt the same way. And so I, it's just, I feel like it's funny the things we've just forgotten about, right? Like Ella, Ella had, I let Ella invite like five or six little girls over and we had a little party and we watched like princess diaries and like had pizza, you know? And, and it was funny because every single parent asked me, is this a birthday party? Like, do we Mm. need to bring a present? (laughs) 
every time I was like, Hey guys, remember this thing that we used to do? And it was just like hanging out. Right. <laughs> like it totally. wasn't like, it was like every, and we did it with Owen too. And it's same thing. Like everyone's like, so what's this right. thing you're doing? How I'm do like, we, how do we do this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's just the thing that we used to do where we would like get yeah. people together. Do you remember how right. we used to do that? Um, and so, yeah, I think we've all forgotten and yep. I think we absolutely need community and yep. not on a stinking screen, you know, like we just need Amen. to be together and feel yeah. each other's feelings together and totally. <laughs> eat and drink delicious things. So yes, I think that's so good. Yes. And I think we all need to go there. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Mary. Where can people connect more with you? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much yes. for having me. I loved it. But if you want to connect with me, my website is the best place to go. MaryHyatt.com. You can learn about my coaching, my podcast, all my social media links are there. So yeah, MaryHyatt.com. Perfect. Well, until next time, have a lovely rest of the day. See ya. Wow, Mary, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. That was a fantastic conversation. I learned so much and I'm ready to really listen to my inner intuition, listen to what my body is trying to tell me. And I love that in terms of really allowing our body to send signals, we take actions and it's a holistic approach to healing. I mean, it's really not rocket science, but not something that I have personally been putting into practice. So I'm excited. I hope like you are listeners to put this into practice and to feel my feelings. What a great lesson. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.